Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. Happy New Year to everyone. We are now in 2022 and I hope that you've had amazing, amazing, amazing holidays. <sighs> How are we feeling now in January? I'll be honest, it's always, it's always bittersweet to take vacations over the holidays because I don't know for you, but with me and my family, having a big family and then having in-laws, like it's so busy. It's so, so, so busy. So I, I never feel quite as rested as I want to starting back. And then January, as we all know, is Diet Culture Month on speed. So ads on diets, just diet messages, weight loss, getting back on track, weight loss resolution, like all of this stuff is coming up so, so, so much. So for me, January is always really, really busy um, in terms of supporting clients, in terms of helping clients uh, manage all of that. Um, and also a lot of education around it. It's always, um, yeah, January is always very, very intense. But all that to say, I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you've had great holidays and I hope that you're coming to January maybe a little bit more rested than we were last year. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully being able to avoid all the diet crap that we are seeing nonstop. Today's podcast episode, I thought would be perfect to start off the year because today we have a really cool guest on the show. We have Celestina Brunetti, who is the founder of Wellness Cucina. I hope I pronounced it well. She's a chef and retro dietitian. And today we wanted to talk about cooking and being in the kitchen and making it easy outside of diet culture. So the whole goal of this episode is to talk about how we can, you know, cook for ourselves and make foods that nourish our body outside of diet culture without feeling, you know, like overwhelmed by it. And I want to prephrase this episode by saying that if you are not ready to go back to cooking in the kitchen, that is okay too listen to you first. I know for me, when I was healing my relationship with food in my body, it took a while before I was ready to be back in the kitchen. And the biggest reason was that I found it super triggering because in the past, cooking equaled micromanaging. I needed to cook everything, right? Like I needed to cook all the things because I needed to have that control. 
right? So if you can relate to that, just know that it's okay if you're not ready to go back yet. We may need to do a little bit more of that healing process first, and then we can return to the joy of cooking and meal prepping and connecting with food and all of those good things that we have outside of diet culture. But I just wanted to preframe that, that if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this sounds really overwhelming. That's okay. Give yourself that space, right? You don't need to do that. All right. So just a little bit more about Celestina. So Celestina is a dietitian and a chef, which is super freaking cool. And now she, she works by helping dietitians and clients cook learn how to cook delicious foods and bringing all of the flavors, all of the things. So food can just be fun again. This episode was really, really fun. Uh, we talked about easy ways to cook, things that we can do if we're feeling overwhelmed, maybe different ways of meal prepping, all of the things. So on that note, my friends, I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. I hope that this will be helpful. And if it is, I would love, 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 love if you could leave me a review on the podcast. Let's start the new year strong. Let's start by spreading the anti-diet message to everyone that we can. And if you can take 90 seconds to click on the app that you're on, go to review and leave me a five-star review and a comment, it would mean the world to me. So I appreciate you so, so much. And now let's get on to the show. Welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I hope that you are doing well today. Today we have a really fun episode, something we've never really talked about on the podcast before, because today we're going to talk about cooking, actually cooking with food, right? When we are healing a relationship with food and our body, we still need to eat. We still need to nourish ourselves and learning how we can enjoy the experience of cooking is super important in the part of healing. So I'm super, super pumped that Celestina is here with us today. Hello, Celestina. Marie, it is an honor to be here. I've been listening to your, your podcast for more than a hot minute and I'm just super stoked to be here. I am so excited that you're here. I'm so excited you reached out because this is like such a cool topic to bring to the audience. So before we get started to talk about all things cooking, tell us a little bit more about you. Like, what do you do and what got you to do all the wonderful things you do today? Definitely. So I am first and foremost a foodie. So I think flavor and, and having fun with food is, is really the key with all of it, because if it doesn't taste good, it's not worth it. So that's my mindset throughout everything I do. I am also a registered dietitian and a trained chef. So blending these worlds is like not only my life mission, but like my love. So I hope that comes through today. Um, but I've worked in restaurants, I've worked in the clinical world. And finally, I've found this niche that I really love, which is explaining to people that food doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be complicated. And that cooking especially can be quick, can be easy and delicious and nutritious can not only be in the same sentence, but also on the same plate. So that's really my mission, my goal. And right now I work specifically with RDs, helping them bridge the gap with their clients so that the RD can focus on the mindset and nutrition side of things. And that I can help a little bit more with the support in the kitchen. I love that so much. And if we like talk about this piece of like, why, 
why it's important as we are in this process of healing to learn how to cook in a helpful way. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of people when we, and I'm sure you have experience with this and I'd love for you to talk about this. People, when they are leaving diet culture often will have like an aversion to cooking. And oftentimes it has to do with like having to meal prep and count every freaking little calorie that comes into our meal, putting them in these like nice little containers and then forcing ourselves to eat whatever is in those containers. So the idea of cooking can feel like yucky. Yeah. <laughs> right. That. Yeah. Do you see that with people you work with? Yeah. Let's break down that meal prep life real quick. So mm-hmm. I feel like that comes a lot from the workout culture, right? So we see that like the beautifully aligned meal prep trays or meal prep containers, or like we go to the store that like meal preps for us, we buy it for the week and it's like under 500 calories and we think it's the best. I mean, cool. It's done for you, but that's not the only way to food and that's not the only way to eat. So I think coming out of diet culture, yes, it can be really challenging to get that out of your brain, but meal prepping doesn't necessarily have to mean eating the same thing every day. And truthfully, it shouldn't mean eating the same thing every day. We need a variety of different nutrients. We need a ton of different colors and it doesn't really help when everything is laid out in a box. It stifles your creativity and it also stifles what you're feeling that day. Like you may not feel that you want the roasted or boiled, funky boiled chicken. Oh Uh, gosh. um, If you guys saw Marie's post, you'd get that. You don't want the funky boiled chicken, like brown rice and like steamed broccoli every day. Like that sucks, you know, and changing that mindset, aiming for color, I think first and foremost is super important in that change. But yeah, no, I, long story short. Yeah. I do see that a lot and it can be hard to break through. Yeah, a hundred percent. So if you're listening to this, it's just to start to take the shame away from it. Like that, if you are in a space where you're like thinking about cooking is the worst right now, it's normal, right? When we've used cooking as a tool to restrict, right? And when you've used these like wonderful little containers as a way to restrict ourselves, that thinking about meal prepping, thinking about cooking can feel like a chore and can feel really not aligned. So let's start breaking it down. I'm like, okay, now we, that we are looking at like, cooking from an anti-diet perspective, like what are these first steps? Like how can we start appreciating the process? Yeah. That really breaks down to understanding the skills behind the recipe. So if you, yeah. So like if you're reading a recipe, let's just say like roasted chicken, you're like, okay, cool. Well, I need all of these ingredients and it's super overwhelming. So that's the first step for most people, the overwhelm, whether it's in like the prepping part, the shopping part, the just like making a list or the actual cooking part, like the overwhelm is usually the biggest inhibiting factor. So the way to simplify that is for you, the individual cooking, or for if you're working with a dietitian to simplify it into three steps, right? So roasting chicken can be super complicated when you start adding in um, like different herbs, different spices, it maybe even like a different pan, but like at its most, most basic form, you heat up the oven to 425 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 220 degrees Celsius. You line a sheet tray with parchment paper. You put the chicken on the sheet tray, maybe add herbs and spices if that's not too overwhelming. And then you put it in the oven, put a timer on for about 20 minutes or until the chicken registers 165 degrees on the inside, right? That sounds way less overwhelming than oh my gosh, I have to roast chicken and I know I have no idea where to start. 
So I think that that's really the key, the foundation to cooking and being able to enjoy cooking off script and like using the items that you have in your house is understanding the cooking method or the cooking skills behind a recipe, quote unquote. Mm, I love that. So like basically breaking it down. Mm -hmm. And do you have any tips for listeners? Like if they are starting out like day one of cooking, like even choosing that recipe, like why would I choose roasted chicken? Like, is there recipes that are easier? Should I look for baking or stir frying or like all of the things? Like what is that step one to look for that I guess would make like understanding the background of the recipe, like the easiest? Yeah. So my thing is, as little hands-on experience or as little hands-on is necessary when you're first starting out. So going with something like roasting, like using the oven, I think is key because you're really just pressing some buttons, putting a, a piece of chicken or any kind of meat, like on a sheet tray, and then just letting the oven do the things you can do the same with like broccoli, right? So something that is super easy, almost effortless And then when you start mastering that technique, like you can roast anything, you can roast pork tenderloin, you can roast sausage, you literally like it's endless at that point. Once you understand how simple that process can be, you can roast anything. And that same mindset goes to veggies as well. So yeah, I think when you're first starting out, roasting is probably the easiest thing that you can do to just start dipping your toes back into experimental cooking. I love that. I love that. Like trying to break it down into easier steps and looking at like, okay, what's that first step that I can do that makes it easy. And do you have any tips in terms of like appreciating the process? Like what if you hate cooking? Like what if you still have that aversion that you're like, man, this is such a chore. Like how could we make it, I don't know, better where we can actually connect with the experience of food and cooking. So it's more fun. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So I think first, a lot of people say they don't like to cook or like cooking stresses them out because they don't understand the process. So I think really understanding this process of the simplification of it can really help people gain a better appreciation for food. Second is exploring cultures with food because that roasted chicken, while it may just have salt, pepper, and olive oil on it can become so many different things. And you can experience so many different cuisines by just adding herbs, spices, and maybe some zest, right? So like we can take a trip in our mouths to Mexico with cumin, coriander, and maybe finishing it with like lime zest, lime juice, and cilantro. We can go to Italy with that same piece of chicken by using rosemary, oregano, thyme, and then maybe finishing it with some um, balsamic vinegar. Uh, We can go to North Africa and like use a bunch of different herbs and spices, and then maybe finish it with like orange and Uh, white raisins or something like that. But you can experience the whole world with that one piece of chicken by just using different flavors, different herbs and spices. And that's where the fun really comes in. Because whether you're a traveler or not, this is such a really cool opportunity to be able to explore different cuisines, different cultures without really ever having to leave your home. That is so awesome. And I don't know like about you guys listening to the podcast, but like I'm salivating right now. I'm like, oh my God, taking a trip with my mouth <laughs> that just sounds, okay, can sound very dirty or can sound very <laughs> fun. <laughs> oh goodness. It I, want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's choose your own adventure today. <laughs> I love that so much though. This piece of like understanding the process of cooking and simplifying it. Like it doesn't have to be as 
intense as what we imagine it to be. It doesn't have to be that hard. And I think there's a lot of resources and I don't know if you have any to share where we can look at these like simple, like five ingredient recipes. It doesn't have to be like racks of lambs with like all of these other things. Right. So like, do you have any resources that people can look for in terms of like easy go-tos? Oh, a hundred percent. So on my site, easily accessible for download right now, there is a 27 like spice combo guide, but spice combos can often be really overwhelming. So I've only combined two that work really well together. So 20 different combinations of two to three spices so that you can start exploring these different flavors from these, from like global cuisines without feeling overwhelmed that you need 10 different spices to make this specific spice blend. So, I mean, like ginger and garlic, super easy to start out with. And then you can start experimenting with some other Asian flavors from there. Oh, I love that. So we will definitely put that in the show to get like our toes in the water to just start with these like little steps that we can take along the way. Um, And what do you recommend with people like having to meal prep, for example? So busy people, like I'm thinking about my moms listening who are on the go or just have tons of things that they don't necessarily have time to cook every night. Like how, how would you help that? Like, what can we do? Yeah, definitely. So I think meal prepping isn't for everyone. Let's just get that out there. Right. So like Mm -hmm. for some people cooking ahead of time works for others, it just doesn't. And that's fine. So don't feel like you have to fit into a specific box when you're, when you're thinking about this, but cooking grains in bulk can help tremendously throughout the week. So like cooking quinoa in bulk, cooking brown rice, white rice, whatever your family or you enjoy cooking that in bulk and then like putting it in a freezer bag or putting it in a container and popping it in the freezer. That is going to save you so much time on a busy weeknight because that rice can become a grain bowl. It can become a salad. It can be a, become a, like a side for, I don't know, beans or something along those lines. So if you do nothing else ahead of time, prepping grains is I think a lifesaver during the week because oftentimes they take the longest to cook. Right. And it also doesn't take more time to cook. Like it, that's one of the items on our plate that's easy to cook in bulk, right? Like instead of doing one cup, we can do four cups and like as easy. Yeah, exactly. And you can add flavor during the cooking process. So like those same spice and spice combinations that we were talking about earlier, adding that, like while your rice is cooking to kind of just like amp it up and have more flavorful rice. I don't know about you. Like I enjoy quinoa, but cooked in water, it sucks. Would you agree? <laughs> not not the best without any flavor, 100%. Yeah. So I find that like adding flavor, especially to quinoa, like is really important. And one of the ways that I don't share often, but I'm going to share with your audience is adding a tea bag to the cooking process. So like just like a oh. black tea bag or a green tea bag or any kind of herbal tea, pop that in when you're cooking quinoa and it's going to take it to the next level. And like, it'll be delicious. Like not just edible, it'll be delicious with one more step. I love that. I had never thought of that before. Like what, what a great tip. Like how easy is it to pop a tea bag as you're boiling water? I love that so much. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So prepping what we can in advance and then day to day, being able to have those like easy go-to meals that we can have to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. So on the day to day, I recommend having frozen veggies on hand. I know frozen veggies get such a bad rap, but like they can be used for so much more than just like nuking really quick in the microwave and turning to mush or just adding to a soup. Like 
you can roast them, you can saute them. There are ways to make them taste delicious. Yeah. And also just to like add a little like myth buster here, they are as nutrient dense as fresh veggies. And actually for many of us, like if you live in Canada and we export a lot of these veggies during the winter time, they're actually more nutrient dense, right? Cause they're like flash frozen. So yeah. just a little bit like myth debunk here, because I know a lot of people will say like, ah, oh, but they're not as good for you. False, not a fact. <laughs> they are as good. It's the same. <laughs> we just yeah, need to yeah. learn to cook them. So they're not mushy and gross. Exactly. I was gonna say, and they can be equally as delicious. Just gotta, equally as delicious. Manipulate them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No. A hundred percent. I I love that. So I, I like a lot of like I think I hear what you're saying is like keeping things simple. Um. And if we think about the cooking process and the appreciation of food, can you speak to like this piece of like our food connection? Like when we cook food, when we um, yeah, cook for a family, like how that increases our one meal satisfaction, but our appreciation for food too. Yeah. So I found, so for a while I was cooking or rather I was cooking for families, but also working with families virtually and their kids, like whether they were like lovers of food or picky eaters, a lot of the times when they got them involved in the process, their kids would actually eat. So there's some type of rooted connection that we just have like innately as humans to enjoying or not necessarily enjoying, but like taking part in the process of a meal coming together. Even if it's something like opening a can of beans and maybe heating up like a couple of other veggies, even if it's just that simple, there's something about putting together with your hands, putting the love behind it, and then having it show through in the end result. I grew up watching my nonna cook, my grandmother, and like, even like, oh my gosh, even when she was like in the worst of moods, the food was amazing because she put the love that she had into it. So I think that there's something to be said about that too. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that that's where we see like a big difference between living in diet culture where food is scary. Food is like a chore. Food is like a tool um, to restrict. And now when we're living outside of diet culture and we're engaging in the same process of cooking, so it may look similarly, but the intention behind it is so different, right? And I think when we are in this process of healing our relationship with food, we're like starting to like befriend food again. And it's such a cool thing when we're actually able to cook and enjoy the process of cooking and building these meals that are nourishing for our body, but where we can like find a lot of appreciation towards the food itself, which is super freaking cool. Hey, hey, I'm stopping this podcast episode to tell you about my free class. All right, we all know we are in January right now. It's Diet Culture Month. All of the diets at are all over the place. And you may be feeling overwhelmed. You may be feeling guilty with the foods you've consumed over the holidays or maybe moving a little bit less and all of the things. And you may be hearing all over the place that this year is the year to lose weight. 2022, no more excuses, all of the things, right? Gosh, sorry, I'm trying to say that without laughing. Right, this is insane. January is always really hard. And this is why I think it's honestly the best time to go take my free class. So in this class, I talk about the different mistakes that we make around our relationship with food in our body, especially pertaining to weight loss and diet. Like, why is it that it doesn't work? Why is it that if you choose to diet this month, 
why we're possibly not going to be dieting in three months from now, but also why we may potentially gain weight after. And I think this is really important, you know, like, especially when you were like spending so much time and event or an energy trying to diet, like understanding why. So if you want to learn more, go check out that class where again, you're going to learn more about those mistakes. And then I'm going to walk you through my step-by-step approach, my four part system to truly healing your relationship to food in your body. So you're never in that position again, that you feel like you need to diet. You're just more confident. You know how to eat. You're empowered through it. So If you want to learn more, go check it out. You can go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash sign up. I cannot wait for you to join this class. All right, my friend, let's get back to the episode. And also even knowing like that piece of when we cook our meals, it increases meal satisfaction. So enjoying our, our meal even more, which is also super supportive in terms of that relationship with food, right? When we are able to be intentional, mindful and enjoy your meal. Like it's such a cool thing. Like food becomes so different. Like it becomes light and joyful instead of again, fearful as it used to be. Definitely. I think even with like the most simple meal, foods and tastes and smells especially can bring you back to a certain moment, right? So I've had that happen a lot with me, particularly around the smell of garlic, just because I'm Italian. But like, if if there's something like cooking, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of X, Y, and Z time. And then I'm brought back to like, when I was like five or six, which is crazy. Or even more crazy is like, when you take a bite of a meal that you may never have had before, but just like, it's so flavorful that you literally shed a tear like that is the emotion that food can evoke so when you're like when you're on this recovery journey like really starting to embrace food again it can be really cool once you you know what I mean like once it all comes together yeah because we get to explore again like we get to actually taste food in a different lens like from a place of like what do I like? Like, what feels good for me? Like, what brings me joy? And like, we get to mix all these flavors and being like, wait, do I like this? Do I not like this? Like, that's super, super cool. Um, And what do you find is like the biggest challenge that most people have in the kitchen? Like, what's the biggest like friction for people when they return to cooking? It's still the overwhelm. Thinking that you have to like stick to a recipe that it has to be like to the T, but baking is a science cooking is an art so there's so much more flexibility like cooking in the kitchen and I think you learn from your mistakes so like even if you like mix two or three different spices that don't come out well that one time cool you learned that they don't taste good together um and it's just a process so I think having fun kind of like letting loose a little bit it's it can help people overcome the the fear or the overwhelm that they're feeling, but yeah, definitely overwhelm. Awesome. Awesome. So could we talk about maybe practical tools that people can have? Like if I'm looking at like my week this week and I want to plan, like what are practical tools that I can use or audience can use to plan that without stress? Definitely. So like I mentioned earlier, prepping grains ahead of time can be really helpful. Having at least three to four different kinds of frozen veggies on hand for, I mean, just in case nights, right? So frozen broccoli works really well, uh, carrots, um, cauliflower, and a stir fry blend. Those are ones that I recommend everyone has on hand because you can go in so many different directions with them. Um, 
And then another practical tool is maybe choose a night where you have a specific cultural dish so that you're not feeling like you're on repeat all the time. So maybe Thursday night is like Italian. Maybe Wednesday is Asian night. And maybe Tuesday is like Taco Tuesday, just because that's like a thing. Because that's, that's what we that's, do on Tuesdays. That's, that's a thing. <laughs> but like, if you can have that kind of theme in your mind, that's going to help you be a little bit more exploratory, like while you're cooking, but it's also going to help things, help keep things fresh so that you're not eating the same thing over and over again. You're also going to notice that the same skill sets keep popping up all, like all the time in these different cultures, right? So like in Asian cuisine, a stir fry is just basically a saute, like a high heat saute. Um, in Mexican cuisine, uh, like making like fajita chicken so that it's like stringy or putting it in your uh, crock pot is just a braise or a stew. And those are going to pop up in a variety of different cuisines as well. So I think the fun part about like that is you're seeing over and over again that the skills really do matter. So uh, I think my last practical tip is aim for one pan meals. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with a one pot, one pan, or like one sheet tray meal and either putting it in the oven or cooking it quick on the stove. I love that. Like it's just, everything can be just a little bit more simple, a little bit more fluid that it doesn't have to be like every night you have big recipes that you have to do. And it's like, ah, intense. And when we think of like, logistically, how much time do you see um, people spend in the kitchen? Like, is this like a two hour process every night? Like, does it have to be like, how does that actually look like? Yeah. So it, if you prep your grains ahead of time, or even if you don't, I would say you're maybe spending five to 10 ish minutes prepping using frozen veggies, using a protein that doesn't need a lot of like breakdown. So like a chicken breast, for example, um, you can get all of that into the oven in 10 minutes and it'll be done in like 25. So yeah. like, that's awesome. Yeah, I do I mean, that for me, especially when I get super busy, I'm definitely that person that cooking starts to feel very intense. Like, I'm like, oh my God, again, we have to cook. Do I have to feed myself again? <laughs> Um, so something that I found supportive for me is also having those easy go-to meals, like those easy go-tos that I know how to do. It doesn't take much brain space to like think about, to do. I know that I love every time and it's super easy. So those can also be like a good tip of like those nights when we're like not wanting to, cause we may not want to every night to have those easy go-tos that you're like, I know how to do this fast. Well, it's delicious. It's nourishing. Bam. Yeah. And for me, that go-to is salmon, frozen broccoli, and some type of grain because it's delicious, but it's also super easy. Ooh, I like that. For me, it's quesadillas. (laughs) (laughs) So easy, so delicious. We love it. That is, that's really, really cool. I think like that was such a cool conversation for us to start talking a little bit more about, yeah, how we can have cooking be part of an everyday life without dieting right that it sounds like it's coming from a place of like flavor and fun and really connecting to the experience of food which is super freaking cool last question that i have for you um what would you say to people who may not not have actual time during the week and have to meal prep to kind of keep that exciting for them yeah so i think the same concepts still apply keeping it super simple using the oven as much as possible so 
on that same sheet tray where you have like your chicken breasts, for example, you can cook sausages or you can cook pork tenderloin at the same time. And what's really cool about that is you can use different herbs and spices on everything. So sprinkle uh, oregano and basil on your chicken and maybe do like a paprika and cocoa rub on your pork. So like all on that same sheet tray, you can keep your proteins varied throughout the week. And you can also do that with your veggies. So maybe sauteing a couple of those frozen veggies to minimize your prep and minimize the time spent meal prepping, and then roast a couple just to kind of ensure that you have enough of veggies throughout the week. And same with the grains, two grains instead of one. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's just like, yeah, breaking it down. And I think a lot of it will just have to do with a planning. Like if you were able to plan your week to be like, okay, how many meals do I need? How many meals I need to cook? And like, what type of variety do I want for this week? And then being able to one pan and do it and let's go. Yeah. So I think if you do, I've done the math on this. I think if you do three different kinds of grains or like add in a sweet potato instead of a grain, three different kinds of veggies and three different kinds of proteins, you have 21 different meals throughout the week. Bam. Mixing and matching. Easy peasy. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. I said last question, but this is my actual last question for you. <laughs> what do you do when you cook? Do you like listen to music? Do you have like a candle? Do you listen to a show? Like what's your like cooking experience for you? A lot of the times it's rushed at night. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like <laughs> attempting to like still work and cook simultaneously. Um, so it's probably not most productive, but there'll be like YouTube on in the background. Yeah. Just like some random like travel YouTube show on in the background. (laughs) Ooh, I I love that. My favorite way to cook is to have like, I have my diffuser on and then I'll have like a really funny podcast or a Netflix show. I'm like, that's one or the other. (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to leave the audience with? Any other thought tip, anything that you think would be helpful? Guys, if you are struggling in the kitchen, just feel free to reach out. I'm happy to to just chat on Instagram at Wellness Cucina. Awesome. Yeah. What are you up to right now? Like how can people work for, with you? Uh, so I am at this point exclusively working with dietitians uh, through my online resource called the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library. And that is so that RDs can have access to these cooking skills and then also license that for their clients as well. So their clients can learn most of the cooking skills that we've talked about today and a lot more and really hone in and focus on how to work with flavor, how to build big flavor and just gain kitchen confidence overall. If you're not working with an RD though, there is still a way to access the library. Um, Just shoot me a message and we'll talk about that amazing so all of her information will be in the show notes so you can check her out thank you so much for taking the time today to come and like educate us on cooking but all really like breaking down the piece of overwhelm that it doesn't have to be scary or overwhelming right that we can find a way to make it fun so let's finish off with our fun question the first one which will probably be the hardest one i would assume (laughs) what is your favorite food pizza a hundred percent all the time, Mm. every day. (laughs) I love that. And toppings, like what's your favorite topping? Uh, If I have to, like maybe prosciutto. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm a pretty, pretty big purist, like originally from New York and I love a Neapolitan pizza. So purist for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Time travel. 
Ooh, forward or backward yes. or both? <laughs> yes. yes, to both. <laughs> I love that. Um, what is your favorite way to self-care? I really like meditation and like mm. not, not like sitting in silence meditation, like listening to some really cool suffleggio music, depending on what I need for that day. And then speaking out into the universe, whatever I'm thinking, because I find that it really helps me to get it out of my head. Oh, I love that so much. That's beautiful. Okay. And then last question for you, what does balance mean to you? It's the sweet spot between scary and, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Ooh, living on the edge a little bit. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. I think this was such a cool, actionable podcast. So all of her information will be in the show notes so you guys can check her out. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Marie. It was a pleasure. Ciao. Bye. Wasn't this episode awesome? I'd love to know what tip did you get from this? What is the one thing that you will maybe try to do this week or next week? What is something that you're going to be able to implement in your day-to-day life? So for me, the thing that I took, and after I recorded this with Celestina, the first thing that I did is add a tea bag to when I cooked pasta and rice. And my friend, it was a game changer game changer. So I have this um, tea that I really, really love. And it's like a ginger lemon tea. And I added that to my rice as it was boiling. Oh my goodness, all of the flavors. And it's so like, I'm typically someone who really enjoys food as you know. Um, But when I was adding all of these flavors to the, to the meal, it was even better. It was so delicious. So anyways, I hope that you try it because you're going to thank Celestina for that amazing tip. All right, my friend, on that note, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next week in the next one. Bye.